Stop! Why are you chasing me down the street? You're chasing, you're chasing me. You're chasing me. Oh, so so you own Fifth Avenue. You you own Fifth Avenue. You are full of shit and lying. You just did. You know I'm a gentleman. You already said I attacked you. You did. By talking. No no no. You got it. You fucking Hi there, listeners. I'm Fritz, and this is America on the Fritz, my podcast about the America of today. During the episodes, I speak to Americans in an attempt to understand what the is wrong with this country right now. In today's pilot episode, I take you along to an anti-Trump protest that I went to, and a conversation that I had there with a Trump supporter. Yeah, I know, a Trump supporter at an anti-Trump protest. Sounds pretty weird, right? And I can tell you it was weird and scary and also kind of eye-opening. But more about that later. It was the Monday right after the demonstrations in Charlottesville, Virginia, that tragic weekend, where the exercise of freedom of speech and assembly resulted in explosion of hate and chaos, and eventually also the death of a young woman. So I went to Trump Tower in New York City just a couple of days after. The president was actually there, apparently for the first time since he took office. And I saw on social media that there was going to be a demonstration after the events in Charlottesville. I wanted to see what the atmosphere would be like, how America was digesting the tragedy. So I took my microphone and started recording. At first, nothing really special happened. I have been to demonstrations before in various countries, and this was not much different. After I had taken in the atmosphere a little bit, I talked to a couple of protesters, concerned citizens who thought enough is enough and wanted their voices to be heard. I think that Trump has given the alt-right a voice. Um, that it didn't necessarily have when Obama was president. He gives a legitimacy to the alt-right because he is president. Donald Trump has let that genie out of the bottle. We are at a crossroads of sorts. A lot of this stuff has been around for a long time. It's nothing new, but it's wide out in the open right now, and we need to really make a decision. Are we going to tell people this isn't okay? Um, it's not a question of this isn't who we are. It's a question of what are we going to do when this stuff shows up and shows out? I mean, not to downplay the immense tragedy that took place in Charlottesville and the anger that obviously followed from that, but so far nothing had happened that surprised me or that was unexpected. But then something occurred that caught my attention, something that actually had such an impact on me that I still feel sort of sort of uneasy when I think back at it. And this is how it all started. In the middle of the dense crowd of protesters, there was a sudden movement. Someone was running through the crowd, closely followed by at least three others. 
I saw the followers pushing the runner from behind and cursing at him and screaming at him and they were literally chasing the guy out of the crowd. And then suddenly he stopped, surrounded by a couple of protesters, yelling at him, literally being in his face, outright directly throwing hate at him. When I arrived at the scene I realized what had happened. The guy was wearing a Trump shirt. If a cop would not have entered the scene, I'm honestly not sure what would have happened. He walked away with a cop and I thought, here's a Trump supporter surrounded by anti-Trump protesters at an anti-Trump demonstration a couple of days after Charlottesville. These are the people that I want to talk to for my podcast. So I decided to run after him. I wanted to have a conversation with the guy. And I did. Or rather, a sort of interrupted monologue. Here's the recording of me meeting Blake, a 32-year-old young professional, homosexual, political activist, Georgetown educated, and a national tax attorney at a large law firm in New York City, and a Trump supporter. Excuse me, man. Can I just can I just ask you a couple of questions? Sure, absolutely. I just witnessed the whole thing. Um, did you see how I was I attacked by those Nazis? I, I did. Did I you did. see that? Help me understand. I'm a Georgetown-educated international tax attorney. I'm not one of the deplorable rednecks from like the area. I actually know what I'm talking about. These people need to know that just because MTV and Bravo makes them feel like this is how the world works, it's not how the world works. That's why these people live live in their parents' basements. That's why these people have four degrees and they make 50 grand a year. They're overeducated and they're angry. And I understand why they're angry. So these poor kids have been duped into thinking the state is somehow their family. They think that by being part of this bigger collective that they're gonna be somehow taken care of. It's a complete lie. By our, by our elites that don't give a flying crap about them. When I asked him what the status of the country was, where America was at right now, our conversation started to get interrupted by protesters that were walking by and surprisingly also other Trump supporters. It was pretty much chaos. In your opinion, where's America at right now? The election was the closest thing to 1776 that we have ever had. We told, we told, and see, and that's what I'm dealing with. You see, I mean, if people don't understand, like this is the this is the intellectual level we're dealing with on that side. I mean, it's not much not much debate not, going not, on there. No, there's not much. It's, you, right? it's 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 impossible to have a it's impossible to have a conversation with these people. They 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 have a total. I, I bet you would, but you know what? I bet I bet you're a classical liberal who actually believes in for in the First Amendment. My father came home from World War II, absolutely traumatized. Okay, he was at D-Day fighting Nazism and fascism. My father's not here today, but if he was to know that we had a president who took, who, who required his aides to tell him to come out and condemn the Nazis in Virginia, okay, his heart would be broken. So my heart is broken for him. I'm trying to talk to you now no, you're, as you're one a classical liberal. I love you. No, this is what America is about. This is a liberal. No, I am a democratic socialist. Yes, I'm trying to have a conversation with you, okay. and okay. I'm being very rational oh, okay. and very calm. And I understand why people voted for Donald Trump. Why a lot of people did, because I think there are a lot of people in this country who've been left out, who's 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 lost their jobs to people overseas, who have lost 
almost everything. And they haven't been listened to by the liberal elite. That's why I'm not a liberal. That's why I'm a democratic socialist. But who in, who in the Democrats is going to fix those problems? I don't think they are. I think, I think it's going to take democratic socialism to figure this out and to solve this problem. Look. Well, can I, I honest... argue that Donald Trump is about as close that you're going to get to that no, as no, America no. will He's accept? A fascist. Yeah, so like I said, it was pretty much chaos and the emotions were running really high. I wanted to get back to the conversation with Blake because I was actually interested to hear from him more concretely what President Trump was going to do about all this and why he was a Trump supporter. Here's my attempt at that. Trying to understand from an outsider's perspective what, what's actually going on, where America is at right now. Um, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of I'm seeing I'm seeing, I'm seeing a lot of yelling. We're as close to civil war as we, we, we've, we've ever been. Can, can is, you repeat that? We're as close to civil war as we have ever been. We have diametric we have diametrically opposed vi viewpoints. The unfortunate, and it's no longer conservative liberal. It's now globalism and nationalism. Either you believe in a sovereign country, or you think we're part of this global community, and that somehow we'll all be taken care of by our great unelected lords somewhere across the world. I don't believe in that. I think the EU is a farce and it'll fall apart under its own weight. But getting back, unfortunately, you can't have a, an argument of ideas anymore. The reason for that is because over the last 30 years, international conglomerates have controlled our media, Hollywood, the news, to such an extent that these people have been so brain controlled and mind controlled by liberal elites, Hollywood stars, that. Anyone who disagrees with you, they don't know why they disagree with you, but you become, you just saw what happened to me out there. You're a racist, you're a Nazi. You're, when I wasn't doing, I didn't remember saying anything racist or Nazi. Let, let's take it from them to you though, because you're obviously, you're here with wearing a, a Trump uh, shirt yeah. and you're, you're standing for something. What, what are you standing for? I'm cha I, I, what I'm standing for is 1776. I'm standing for American individualism, American sovereignty, an idea of America where you where where you where you make your own luck. Your hair? Who raised you? Anyway, the the in 1776, personal liberty, personal re responsibility. Hey, guess what? If you fail, you get yourself up and you try again. You don't go, oh, government, help me. I'm a victim of everyone else around me. Like it's time to step up, man up or lady up, whatever it is, and take care of yourself you can't count on the state when you start to count on the state you get Venezuela you get North Korea these people look at Venezuela and look at North Korea and they're like oh I want that I want Venezuela and North Korea that sounds great yeah and so is that where Trump is gonna get you he's got quite a hill to climb he's got to get through the swamp and he doesn't need to drain the swamp he needs to nuke the swamp is what he needs to do because instead of aiming the nukes at North Korea no I'm kidding that's a joke, joke, everyone. It's a joke. I'm sure BuzzFeed will put that in something bad. But anyway, it's it's. He's got a long way to go. We what, have. What has he got to do? Well, he can't do it himself. We don't live in a dictatorship. This is why it's so funny when I hear the mainstream media. Well, what has Trump gotten done? He hasn't really done much. Uh, well, in case you didn't know, idiot liberals, we live in what's called a democracy, and you're, you and you and you have to. No, you're not in the conversation, ugly woman. Step uh, I away. Can be in the Ugly, ugly woman, step away. Ugly woman. No, I, I only like Not pretty people. Not according to you guys. Not according to you guys. <laughs> now, Fates has her U.S. hang. Okay. <laughs> You're like, so do you, asshole. Yeah, okay. Go smoke some weed. All right. 
Anyway, I mean, we're not a dictatorship. You, what has to change is Trump just has to put his head down, ignore everything, and just make the economy better, make make everything work. When people's pocketbooks are full, these losers won't mean anything. That's just the bottom line. Make America rich again. Screw these people. Honestly, we don't need them. And we won't. I'm not saying do anything bad to them. I'm not saying let them live. Let them enjoy the same freedoms I have. My issue is that you saw those rabid women. They don't want to let me speak. They want to literally put me on my knees, yelling me, spitting me, and like do it. These are these are like these are subhuman method. I mean, look at their teeth. They they were meth heads. I mean, I, I didn't see that. No, teeth. no, but a lot of these people, a lot of these George Soros people, are meth heads out here. They're, they're, this is the second they, time you bring really up are. that name. Who's George Soros? George Soros is a Nazi collaborator, financier of a lot of liberal movements around here. Ask the country of Hungary Fuck what he's you. done to them. Love Trump's hate. Um, so you know, it's, what does that uh, Soros person have to do with uh, with, with this? He finances all this. He finances Antifa, who I was looking for because Antifa is who I wanted to record. They are the militant wing. They are the brown shirts of these people. These are just hapless morons. The ones who are actually paid are up here. Amer America is full of very insecure, sad people, and this is who they are. And the groups that uh, were marching in Charlottesville on Saturday? That's an interesting situation because I know the guy who, or who or organized that rally. I don't agree with him because he thinks that to fight these racial identity politics, which I hate. I think it's a total destruction of, of, our, of, of our country. However, I, I don't think the answer is to form white national groups. If you form a white, white national group, you play right into those morons' hands. You, you can't do that. We have to beat them with our superior ideas. We have to beat them with free market economy. We have to beat them with freedom, free speech. Freedom conquers all. These people, they don't know it. They're the new fascists. They want to crush freedom. They want to crush the Second Amendment. They want to crush the First Amendment. They don't understand that they are puppets of a corporate elite that doesn't give a flying crap about them. And trust me, I'm an international mergers and acquisition lawyer at a major firm, and I can tell you, these people are numbers on a spreadsheet to be gotten rid of depending on the numbers. And they're just so ignorant and sad that they probably had bad parents, have a job that they don't like. This is what these people are. They're just sad. They're sad. You know what it also sounds to me like from an author's perspective? It sounds like you guys as a country are very divided right now. We are, we're the closest to civil war since the mid-1800s. Um, and I actually believe there will be violence. Um, my hope is that it will be contained. And I thank God that President Trump is in charge because it needs to be contained to the sanctuary cities, quell the uprising, establish order, and let's move on with this country. I, I, I don't want a civil war, but what the funny thing about this is this is these liberals, they want to act tough. You saw those girls getting tough. Who do you think has all the guns in this country? Who do you think is the police? Who do you think is, who do you, who do you think has the guns? Do these people think they would stand a chance in a civil war? It's, I, I, I fear for them if they try to push this farther. It, sound, it sounds very alarming to me. Yeah, because these people have no guns. So I, I don't know, I don't know what, they're, what they're expecting. I'm uh, sorry for whatever your father did to you. Everybody always says that New York City is not really America. 
it's so international and diverse and there's no, you know, support for Trump here anyways. Well, I can tell you now, that is not true. And the Trump supporters that I have met, they're not shy to have their voices heard. They even come to an anti-Trump protest wearing a Trump shirt. And also, they're much more reflected and eloquent in their argumentation than a lot of people would expect. At least, in some ways. In others, not so much. I, I did choose to believe Blake when he says that he is a Georgetown educated international tax attorney at a major law firm in New York. Then again, after I stopped recording, I overheard him having a conversation with another Trump supporter that had stopped by and when that other guy had realized that I was talking and interviewing a Trump supporter, he opened his backpack, took out a red uh, hat, you know, the red hat saying, make America great again. And then he turned to us and said, well, now I can finally wear it. So then Blake introduced himself to the other guy and he did that using his real name. And then he looked at me instantly, realizing that he had pretended to be someone else while I was recording. And he said to me, well, you know, it's just that I work for a firm where not everybody accepts and appreciates my views. It can be pretty tough to be a Trump supporter here. So Blake wasn't Blake, but he did say what he said and he does think what he thinks. And there's just so much in there that baffled me at the time and still now, I don't know what to think about it. I returned home speechless and with more questions than answers, which is a good thing, I guess, for, you know, even more future episodes of America on the Fritz. I need to find more answers, that's for sure. But really, what this day and this conversation left me with were a couple of main impressions. Firstly, the political discourse in America right now is completely inflamed. There's no discourse between people from different sides. People have apparently stopped engaging with each other on a sort of like normal level. At least in this instance that I was a witness of. And obviously, yes, that was the Monday after Charlottesville had happened. But yeah, I, I, I witnessed so much hate and the cursing and the yelling at each other. I mean, that is very, very far away from a healthy political debate. Then again, maybe that's just me coming from abroad and starting to understand America a little bit better. What really shocked me about what he said, especially towards the end of the conversation I had with him, was the whole idea of a new civil war. That That is something that I had not considered as even a theoretical possibility for uh, the immediate future in America. And that was, I think, the part that scared me most. I have talked to a lot of other Americans since then and asked them the same question. The opinions very much differ. The alarming way with which he presents this possibility is not shared by many Americans. But the mere fact that someone brings it up like this with words that describe a potential war quelling the uprising, quote unquote, in the sanctuary cities, I mean, it shocked me. Then, secondly, 
I observed a lot of repetition of slogans and, you know, so-called evidence for viewpoints that are often just half true or even flat out lies. And it reminded me a little bit of the language during the presidential campaign. Just as an example, Blake's whole George Soros rant. Soros has been portrayed as this evil Hillary supporter and former Nazi collaborator uh, during the campaign, especially in, in social media circles. Ever since uh, hacked emails of Soros's were leaked by what were probably Russian election influencers. And the whole thing is obviously a farce and, and based on twisted facts that sort of stem from this 60-minute interview that Soros gave in the late 90s. Soros was never a Nazi collaborator. Soros was a young Jewish teenager in Nazi-occupied Hungary and fortunately survived that terror. And labeling him as a Nazi collaborator is a disgrace. And also, Blake claims to be speaking on the basis of, you know, ratio, well thought through arguments and sort of almost enlightened ideas about America and what America should be. And he finds really good words for it. I, you know, I have to give him that. And he comes across as quite eloquent, I have to say. And still, he himself also falls victim to misinformation and populist rhetoric and cliches, even some, you know, mind-boggling conspiracy theories, quite a bit of confusing history references, like when he calls the anti-Trump supporters Nazis. For me, coming from Germany, that is just plain weird and wrong. And also some childish mocking and voice mimicking that is just, um, has nothing, has nothing to do with having a, a conversation or a discussion. Still, I have to say, I, I do have a lot of respect for the guy. I mean, coming out of his law firm office, putting on his Trump shirt and going to that anti-Trump protest, I mean, you really need to have some guts to do that. So chapeau for that. But honestly, you also need to be a little bit crazy. Coming there and claiming your right to freedom of expression, I mean, then you gotta be looking for trouble. This whole thing... What does it all say about the current state of America? For me, it was a true experience to meet this man called Blake or whatever. It was an experience that surprised me in many ways and also scared me and made me wonder even more, what is wrong with this country? America on the Fritz is produced by E. Weiss. Special thanks to the fabulous Lawrence Hebley for the artwork. This episode of America on the Fritz, the pilot episode, was sponsored by me. If you want to get in on this and sponsor the next episode, do it. Email me at info at americaonthefritz.com. That's info at americaonthefritz.com. Visit my website, americaonthefritz.com for an exciting blog with background stories, photos, for example, this week of Blake in his Trump shirt. He didn't want to give me his real name, but he did not mind me taking a photo of him. You can also find me and America on the Fritz on Twitter and on Facebook and in my little basement studio in New York City. If you like this episode, then please subscribe and rate and review the podcast and tune in to the next episode. It will be a very different conversation.
a conversation with a young man about what it means to grow up as and to be black in the America of today. I mean, it's, it's, it's never a good feeling to feel like the day you leave your house is the day you could die. And this is why we call it the hood. It's literally it could be your last day for, you know, some kind of cause that you have no direct link to. Thank you for tuning in. I will speak to you next time, listeners. Take care. Bye.